Welcome to Tell Me What to Google. I'm Michael Kent, and this is a podcast where listeners tell me something they recently learned from the internet that they think I should learn about. It's a podcast without a category because you tell me what we're going to talk about. I had a great time last week chatting with Ama Marfo about the Great Molasses Flood in Boston. That whole story is just crazy to me. That whole video of my interview with Ama is available unedited on my Patreon, so you can go and find that there. Also, I really do appreciate all the awesome reviews being left over at iTunes. Here's my favorite one so far. It just says, person, woman, man, camera, TV. Testing to see if, as Mr. Kent says, it really doesn't matter if the words posted make sense. It totally doesn't. It just helps the algorithm. So be creative when you leave me those iTunes reviews. Now on to the show. Today's topic comes from RJ in Wisconsin. Hey, Michael, this is RJ the Magician from Wisconsin. I was actually the director of the Houdini Museum of New York, and I'm a magic historian. I was wondering if you knew about the magician Jasper Masklin and how he helped win World War II. I think it would be something interesting that would be great to Google. Thanks. Now, I have heard of this, but I'm a professional magician, so this is one of those stories that comes up occasionally, along with a few other interesting war efforts from magicians. I think magicians are quick to prove that they've been instrumental in doing something that feels like it's helping the greater good, because many of us have a sort of inferiority complex about choosing a life in the variety arts. We want to be important, too. I've often said in my stage show, and I say this when I perform for the troops, if stuff gets real... I often think about my role in society. These troops, they're heroes, and I'm just the band on the Titanic. But when it comes to Jasper Masculine, I want to get the story right. So let's give this a quick search. Okay, Jasper Masculine. I did not know this. Jasper Masculine is actually a third-generation magician. He was born in London in 1902 to magician Neville Masculine, who was born in 1863 to magician John Neville Masculine. Each of these generations of Masculines carved their own name in the world of magic in Great Britain. Jasper Masculine had made a name for himself in London with his magic show. He was very well known for the razor blade swallow, in which a magician swallows razor blades one by one, followed by a thread, and then pulls the thread from his mouth with the razor blades threaded onto it one after the other. But as the world descended into the chaos of a Second World War, no one in Europe was going to magic shows. Jasper Masculine found his calling serving his country in another way. The year was 1941. The war was not going well for the Allies. Germany had invaded Normandy, and Britain had just narrowly escaped horrendous casualties at Dunkirk. The Nazis had invaded Paris. At the age of 37, Jasper Masculine wasn't exactly the type of soldier that the British Army was looking for, but he was dying to help and ended up convincing the war office to place him into the Royal Engineers. He was immediately put to test at the Army's camouflage school. The camo school didn't immediately take to Masculine's unusual viewpoint that methods from the world of illusion could be used to help hide machinery for the Army. They had been so by the book in their camouflage methods that he was looked down upon and needed to prove himself. He did so by disguising a machine gun bunker so well that a visiting inspector general couldn't find it. The general was so impressed, he sent Masculine to North Africa to assist with the important war effort happening there. 
At first, Maskelyne was recruited to assist MI9 in Cairo, that's their military intelligence unit, and his magic skills were put to use. He was asked to help create small devices to hide escape tools inside ordinary, everyday items. Tools inside cricket bats and hidden maps were created. This was a common thing during the war. The United States Playing Card Company at one point created playing cards that could be pulled apart after being soaked in water, exposing escape route maps in between the layers of cardstock. Masculine reportedly created a comb that hid a saw blade inside, but he had larger war efforts in mind. In North Africa, the war was raging as the Germans had been bombing a bay that was crucial to the flow of supplies and oil. While Maskelyne had been sent to aid in the camo unit, his superiors in Africa noticed his past and thought he'd be best used for morale to be the band on the Titanic. He ended up spending some time doing nothing but being sent around to entertain the troops. Then, as the story goes, he was asked to help hide Alexandria Harbor from German Luftwaffe bombers. Maskelyne had assembled a group of people to help him in his effort. Apparently this was the deal he had struck for having entertained the troops. They allowed him to form his own unit. The unit that he formed would become known as the Magic Gag. This gang of people helped him construct a fake harbor to look like Alexandria, but just a few miles away. It was made out of cardboard structures and built at a smaller scale, which would look like the full-size harbor to planes flying in the sky. They created dummy men, dummy steel helmets, dummy guns, dummy tanks, dummy aircraft. At nighttime, lights were rigged at the fake harbor in nearby Marriott, and the lights were turned off in Alexandria. It worked. The German bombers aimed their bombs at the fake harbor and away from the important supply ships and troops in Alexandria Harbor. Soon after that, Maskelyne helped the Allies disguise the Suez Canal through an elaborate series of mirrors and searchlights. But here's the thing. Some people say none of this ever happened. And before we get into that, I'd like to tell you about a few people who are helping this podcast continue. And I would love it if you would return the favor by helping them out. So many parents are being tasked right now with not only your career and regular parenting duties, but now with trying to help your kids learn. And it's so important that your kids continue hands-on learning from home. Check out Thimble.io. This is an awesome monthly subscription service for middle and high school students that teaches real-world stuff like robotics, coding, and engineering through quarterly STEM kits and online classes. So you and your kids can stay at home, but still have a virtual engineering lab at home, teaching your kids everything from robotics to weather stations to drones from top professionals who've worked with companies like SpaceX, Microsoft, and Apple. Subscribe now and cancel at any time. Go to thimble.io and use my code TELLME, all one word, to get 15% off any subscription. That's thimble.io and use the promo code TELLME. Do you like jokes? How about stories? What about magic tricks? If you said yes to any of those, you'll love my weekly live stream show, Joke Story Trick Live. Every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, we gather to tell listener jokes, do magic, even learn magic, and bring on a special guest to tell a story. We've had everyone from a sitting U.S. congressman to television stars to WWE wrestlers. It's always a great time, and it's a free show. Just go to jokestorytrick.com to watch past episodes or tune in every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's jokestorytrick.com. I hope to see you there. 
I don't know about you, but this time of year, as it starts to get colder, we love burning candles around the house. Okay, who am I kidding? It's all year round. And our favorite candles are made by Daniel Joseph. They're 100% all-natural soy with braided cotton wicks and fragranced oils. And not only are they handmade in Evanston, Illinois, they're made from all American materials. Because they're made with soy instead of crude oil paraffin wax, they burn clean with no soot and they burn longer. We love the cashmere vanilla, but brown sugar and fig is great too, and you'll just have to go see it for yourself. Go to DanielJosephCandles.com. It's DanielJosephCandles.com. After the war, Jasper Maskelin wrote a book titled Magic Top Secret, and for a long time, that was taken as gospel. No one questioned his account. A biography by David Fisher called The War Magician further cemented the idea that Maskelin was critical to the British war effort. But contemporary studies of his life tend to be light in the area of, shall we say, evidence. Look, this is an awesome story. There just doesn't seem to be much proof that any of it ever happened, like any of it. I mean, yes, Maskelin was in the camouflage unit of the British Army in North Africa. But according to the paper record, that was about it. It doesn't seem that Maskelin ever really constructed his magic gang. There's no record of the disguising of Alexandria Harbor, no actual official record of hiding the Suez Canal. Historians and experts have combed through declassified intelligence reports and army official records and have found absolutely nothing to corroborate the story. And so it turns out Jasper Maskelin's greatest trick may have been the same as many magicians throughout time. His greatest illusion may have been the one that he pulled on the public after the war, to magically increase his status and wow the world with fantastical stories and dazzle them with subterfuge. It's time for the part of the podcast where we talk to a friend to see if they already know what we just learned. And I say talk to rather than call a friend because despite the pandemic, I actually got to hang out with this person in person today, and I wanted to talk to a magician for this because it's a magic-based story. So we talked to my friend Eric Tate. Eric has been on a previous episode of Tell Me What to Google. We talked to Eric uh, about space and astronauts and uh, how they used the restroom just a few weeks ago, so I'm happy to have him back on the show. The following was recorded in my car, so the audio won't be what we're used to hearing, but hopefully you can understand everything nonetheless. Here's Eric Tate. So I'm hanging out with my friend Eric Tate. He doesn't know what we're about to talk about, but I wanted a magician because I'm curious how much Eric knows about uh, the war magician. So if I say the war magician, do you know who I'm talking about? You're talking about Robert Houdin and uh, being used by the French government to uh, take down Indian fakirs, I want to say it was India? So, it turns out there are several war magicians. Okay. Um, <laughs> Robert Houdin was known for, for doing that. Yeah. This was World War II. This entire episode is about Jasper Maskelin. Oh, I know I know about Maskelin. I didn't know he was the war magician. That is, uh, the, the book, one of the books that was written about Maskelin mm -hmm. was titled The War Magician. And that's sort of how he built his legacy. Was he involved in the in painting the, the roofs of uh, uh, hangars in California? 
I don't think he was, uh, but that was a thing in California. And, yeah. and we didn't touch on that on this episode because I didn't want to get too much into the weeds on this, but they did, uh, they they disguised all the airplane factories in California yeah, to make to look like cities. That was Disney that was involved in that. That's right, yeah, you're right, that was Disney. Disney, Disney did that. Not and that. they did, they, but they painted the roofs and they they had giant tarps. And on the tarps, if you were in the sky and you looked at those tarps, it looked like a suburban city. So what did Maskelin do? Maskelin, the story goes, he joined the army to be in the camouflage unit. Okay. And in Northern Africa, the Suez Canal region and just north of there, mm -hmm. they were getting hit really heavy by Luftwaffe. Mm -hmm. And so he formed, he auditioned 400 people for this elite magic group called the Magic Gang. And their job was to create a fake harbor so good next to Alexandria Harbor that looks like Alexandria Harbor they also claim that he somehow hid the Suez Canal through a series of lights like searchlights that would yeah. be shining on these arrays of mirrors that's amazing here's the thing now we think none of it happened so what? when you talk about Scarney being a, a great self-promoter the theory now is that Masculine made all of this up. That's so. Oh so he 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 was in the army. He was in this unit that was made to told you know told to camouflage things. Mm -hmm. And we know that he did have he did sort of butt heads with the existing army people because mm -hmm. he was thirty seven when he got there. Yeah, and yeah. He, he was not exactly like. I don't know if you've met many magicians, but they're not exactly like always thrilled to kowtow to authority. That's that's definitely true. Mm -hmm. There's that other thing that, you know, we're really good at building ourselves up yeah. and creating this legacy that may or may not be yeah. the truth. But to this day, no one is sure as to whether or not I have actually won an award from the IBM. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> I checked the army records and they do not mention the IBM, Eric. Oh. So, no, they, so the so historians have gone through all the army records. They've gone through um, declassified intelligence reports that you couldn't read when Maskelin wrote his book. Oh and they don't see any mention of any of this. All they see is that he did butt heads with the the camo unit and at one point was asked when he went to northern africa to just entertain the troops that's astonishing like it's the level to which he lied it's not that like oh i went and they put me in the camouflage unit because i'm a magician he's like i went they put me in the camouflage unit because i'm a magician and by the way i hit a canal and duplicated a city <laughs> yeah, yeah it is it is uh, go big or go home with jasper masculine there's a really good uh interview on wait wait don't tell me sorry to advertise another podcast oh, you're fine. Uh, but with the cam the, the woman who was like the director of cam or disguises for the cia and she talks about how um the she was displaying a, pe uh, a piece of technology to uh george bush senior the, the i one, heard this story this one, was amazing yeah and, she, and he like gets up and looks around and he was in the cia very highly placed knew a lot about their uh, disguises and he said okay you got me and so then she does like the tom cruise face peel <laughs> yes. and it's like that level and i think a lot of magicians think that like oh we could do stuff like that or we could teach people to do these types of things for like tradecraft like oh like you hear about like the cia hires magicians to teach sleight of hand to 
case agents so that they can teach spies to do like dead drops and things like that covertly. Yeah. And a lot of magicians think they could do that. But at the end of the day, the techniques that are being used in this tradecraft or the camouflage that would be used in the theater of war is very different. And they're using a very different, like, because they're playing with perspective in a very different way than we are. Right. They're playing with natural movement in a very different, it's sort of like the difference between a, a, a gambling demonstration and a card cheat is that they like they are very very different skills they may be related but they're very sure. different and it's also it's a different thing to tell people to do it than actually do it you yeah. know when you look at the people who work casino security yeah there a lot of them are magicians or or ex-cons you know and uh those magicians many of them probably couldn't do the moves in a convincing way but they can spot them it's a very magician thing to say hey world mm -hmm. i did this crazy thing and at the time when he wrote that book, no one could prove otherwise. Yeah. And there was even another book written, uh, this guy David Fisher wrote a book, The War Magician, who it, it's it takes everything that Maskelyne said at his word. Mm -hmm. And so that has become the legend. And when the legend is more exciting than reality, print the legend. So th there's this book called The Things We Carried. It's about, uh, I believe it's about the Vietnam War. It's war stories. Mm -hmm. And one of the observations that the author of that book makes is when you hear these fake war stories that people tell after they come back from actually being in war, does it really matter that the stories are fake? Mm. Uh, if the outcome is the same and it's a person telling a story, what does it really matter? You know, this is this is in the case of people that were actually there. Yeah. On the flip side of this is that when you get into conspiracy theories, uh, the which almost live in the same universe as a fake war story is that it's the exact opposite whereas the world is so much more interesting than than what like i'm sorry that you think the world is so boring that you need to concoct a conspiracy theory in order to make it really exciting and so it's we're almost dealing with these like wild extremes of mm -hmm. life being extreme being more boring than we expected it to be and sure. also failing to see how interesting the world around us is and it's, uh, I don't know. That's a really great analogy. Uh, in, in the case of, of Jasper Maskelin, I think there's also the fact that his he was a third-generation magician. Mm. And his dad and his grandfather had both achieved some amount of fame. And he had two prior to the war. But his, I, I think that he was looking for that thing to make him who he was. I think he was looking for his his way to carve out yeah. the place for himself in the history of magic. Up until that point, I think that what he was best known for was the razor blade swallow, which isn't anything, yeah. you know, people talked about it, but it's not anything huge like disguising the Suez Canal. Yeah, no, it's like you want that, you want that, you know, David Copperfield vanishing the Statue of Liberty moment. And, right. And being a war hero who saved hundreds of thousands of lives, or tens of thousands, I don't, I don't know what, what was going on, in the context of you did this great magic trick uh, would be absolutely something that you would want to put on your resume. Well, I think that uh, at the end of the day, we can definitely say like, you know, you don't know how many people read those books for decades and believed those stories, but that is definitely fooling more people than he would have oh, otherwise. Absolutely, absolutely. So that in the name it's of the, you know, at the end of the day, that is his best illusion is creating this amazing legacy for himself that to this day, could have happened, 
probably didn't happen, but we will really never know at this point. Oh, man. Well, thanks for, uh, I'm going to go look into more about this. I want to read yeah, more about it. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, RJ Lynch in Wisconsin sent me in the, the audio on, on this one, and I didn't know anything about it. I knew the name, and I knew a little bit of the backstory, but I didn't, I had no idea that there was this myth. So um, thanks again, man. Uh, check out Eric on Twitter at Eric Tate and Instagram at Eric Tate. And is it suspiciouswizard.com? Uh, it's uh, Twitch. Uh, so it's ericktate.com, E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. -I -I or you can see me streaming on Twitch every uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. That is twitch.tv slash suspiciouswizard. But suspicious has a one in it. So it's S-U-S-P one I-C-O. <laughs> You'll figure it out. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Well, thanks again for listening. Uh, again, you know, not the best audio in the world, but I'm not really set up for field recording yet, so I have to figure that out for the future. So far, we've been living in this virtual world and recording everything in the studio. So uh, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening again this week. Please leave a review of the podcast on iTunes with a little bit of verbiage because writing a few words helps a ton to allow other people to listen and to allow other people to tell me what to Google. We'll see you next week. Tell Me What to Google is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Reed Mathis, and additional music this week came from Esther Abrami, the United States Marine Band, and Asher Folero. You can listen to past episodes by searching for Tell Me What to Google wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.